7.08. Good afternoon to you. If you have just tuned in, this is the one, two, three show. And it is Tuesday, which means we have food and drink on the menu. We've already had a French chef on with Soundbite. And now let me just welcome Andrew Dembina. He's back after a short break and he's here with a local and global food and drinks update. Good afternoon to you, Andrew. Good afternoon there. It's going to be hard to follow that very funky feel-good track you were just playing there. <laughs> That's quite good, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah. But I'll do my best. Okay. It's, um, it, it, I mean, I'm starting off with something optimistic, which is good. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, for, it's a story uh, of a trend that's going on in the USA at the moment. It's um, really the rise of the bookshop cafe genre, which I don't know where, you know, if either in this part of the world or elsewhere you've ever popped into mm. a bookshop mm. that has a decent uh, yes. menu. Have you, yes. Claudia? Yeah, I have yeah. actually. Yeah, in the UK. Um, in the UK, yes. Mm. yeah. And there's yeah. a bookshop and there's a little cafe with it and you can pick up a book and you can look through and you can eat there as well, which is quite nice. It's great and actually quite risky. I wonder if they get special spillage insurance. <laughs> yeah, for, that's true. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, they can pay extra for red wine, which is never going to come off those yeah. pages. Yeah. Um, well, um, it's it's a it's a phase that's taking uh, that that genre of, of often it is a casual cafe, but it's taking it up a notch or two. Not too much. It's not. Let's not sort of think that it's fine dining or anything like that. But mm. a bit more wholesome. Yeah, yeah th- this is according to a story in Eater magazine that came out last week, uh, which does cover global food uh, news and a bit of drink news, but is based in America. And they say that um, uh, that like the one that you mentioned you'd been mm. to in uh, Europe. It was in, in Scotland, well, in actually. When it wasn't. Mm. Okay, yeah, yeah. And in Scotland, yeah. I mean, also, I've got, uh, that's, that's where I was before Hong Kong, and I've got great memories of that, too. Very cool as a during university student days mm. to be hanging out in, in cafes and being able yes. to browse books. And there was no pressure yes. to buy, yes. which is, um, which doesn't, um, you know, which is one reason we might not see it too much in Hong Kong. We're a place of high rents. It's just not practical. It's why there are no pool tables in bars, because they take up real estate where mm. there can be tables of people having drinks. It's really, it's just a factual thing. Um, so, I mean, there are occasionally, uh, there was a great one actually in Festival Walk, one bookshop whose brand I won't name, had a very nice restaurant cafe in there. I used to go there sometimes when I was working at, in the studio at RTHK a bit more, but it's not there anymore. Mm. Um, and it, uh, it couldn't last. It was one of the big chains of bookshops as well. Yes, I think However, I know which one you're talking about. They do have another yeah. one with a little cafe attached to it too, I think. Oh. Do you mean bookshop or another? Yeah, shop? a bookshop where they in, do in have Kowloon the cafe. Tong. Yeah, not in Kowloon ah. Tong, um, elsewhere in Hong Kong. <laughs> yeah, okay. They are they're few and far between though here, mm. aren't they? Mm-hmm. Um, Taiwan uh, has a bit of a tradition of doing it, and so does Korea. I was in Seoul a few years ago, and there were some very, very cool um, armchair and sofa-strewn bookshops with with people, the, the kind of um, not bohemian but people of um from from a young let's say university student up mm. to graying you know silver-haired adults who were who were enjoying that it's just part of a cultural thing and yeah. in japan in tokyo there's some yeah. great ones too Sounds good. but yeah but, but but in um in america there has been a trend for people coming out of you know and double double fingers crossed i've got both hands of uh, crossed fingers as i say <laughs> this you know coming out of the worst of the pandemic hopefully. Um, mm. There seems to be a trend towards having more 
community-like spaces within bookshops and upping their game to allow local producers of baked products, wineries or local coffee roasters to do their thing and also to really expand the menu a bit because a lot of cafes the world over um, in North America, Australia, Europe and other places, they do tend to add on a cafe as, um, as well, I won't say an afterthought because it's probably an important revenue stream, but it's, uh, but it's, but it's also not something they want to kind of really dedicate too much specially cooked dishes for. So a lot of it is pre-prepared and they, and also I've been into uh, some bookshop cafes before where it's just about passable coffee or, um, you know, I've even seen wine um, poured from a wine box, you know, just in a way mm, that is being mm, as economical as possible. Mm -hmm. And that is passed on the con to the consumer because mm -hmm. they're not very, you know, a glass of wine in bookshops uh, generally will be less than, than in a, a, you know, yeah. A, yeah, in a restaurant or a kind of, you know, trendy bar or something mm. like that. Mm -hmm. But but um, but it is a growing phenomenon and um, they're, they're, they're in-depth kind of discussion on this spotlighted a few that I'll just mention to give a few examples of the flavour of some of these. I love the sound of this one in Wisconsin, mm -hmm. a place called Leopold's, which opened over the last 12 months. And it has... A, uh, a restaurant and live jazz music, Ooh. which is a great, it's a, a great concept. Yeah, mm. isn't it? Because um, you can be there for all sorts of different reasons. Imagine just being able to browse books if there's a good collection and to um, to have a band on, you might sort of say, oh, I, I just think to yourself, I want to listen to the band a bit more. Yeah, I'll order. just stay there, really. If there's food, then then there's no getting me out yeah. of there, really. So. Exactly, exactly. Well, so this place, Leopold's, um, which opened last July, uh, created a space which is not um, a bar, although it does serve alcohol, but it has um, as many non-alcoholic drinks as not, and it's using locally, uh, it's using local bakers and producers to get its snacks and main courses, pasta dishes and other dishes in. So it's not the kind of lowest... Um, price that, that rules the roost there but uh, but their prices are quite affordable i had a look at uh, what they are you know it's sort of comparable to mm. affordable set lunches in hong kong um and another really great place is called paradise mm -hmm. um the, the the french word for paradise and it's it's um this is opened by someone who works in a very cool um uh, bookshop in new york before that that, that specialized in um well, there were some gender issue publications and other niche uh, subjects that it, that it specialised in. And, the, and the, one of the workers in that place that's called Blue Stockings, uh, her name is Audrey Wright, and she decided after working there that she would not take the same concept, but, but that she found that most other um, cafes were really not up to scratch in terms of inviting people to stay there for more than just a read or more than just the food, mm -hmm. but by putting on additional readings of authors. Now, that's not new. Bookshops have had author readings for decades, but, but, but also to have games and to have kind of engaging community-like events where you could have teams, not too competitive now, I hope, but where you'd have people, where you'd have book-related or literary-based quizzes. That sounds like um, fun, yeah. It really does, mm. actually. I've mm. not really heard of such communities bubbling up. Um, and a, another one was uh, 
um, uh, was also doing its own cooking in-house mm. with an open kitchen, uh, which led onto a, um, a kind of a, a small terrace. And to me, that, that hybrid, I mean, that, that, that sounds like a really, really pleasant way. You can imagine people would spend half a day mm. in somewhere like that. So, there is a place, actually, I mean, I, um, I, I certainly know of a place that, um, that is called the Bookworm Cafe on Lama Island. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it was around from before the year 2000, around about the mid-90s, a couple set it up. And I don't know if they fashioned it on things that they'd seen elsewhere or if they came up with the idea, but it was a really, it was a great community idea. But it was around the time, mid-90s, when the, when the internet was in its infancy. And I think that things really, in Hong Kong, as in many other places, but in Hong Kong particularly, uh, things went from there to internet cafes where you'd get computer terminals, yeah. and that's before everyone had a smartphone, and that's sure. changed the game again, hasn't mm. it? So... Um, anyway, so just mentioning that that is a big trend that's been reported on by one of the US's uh, great food publications, Eater, and they are hoping that uh, that this will continue as more and more people are posting how great these are on uh, social media. They sound in super. The they sound really yeah, they super, they yeah. Do. They do indeed. So, from something bright and cheery, I'm afraid we have to step <laughs> off that. Um, okay. It was inevitable it was going to happen, wasn't it? <laughs> yes, I know. Um, but, um, so, um, in, in Hong Kong, I read a report in uh, South China Morning Post last week, which was about refugees, and this has been mentioned a few times, who are struggling to buy suppliers as panic buying over uh, rumours and fears of lockdowns has been sweeping food off supermarket shelves. And so... The suppliers also, as I've mentioned, we've discussed before, have cut down as very unfortunately um, truck drivers, uh, both mainland um, based and Hong Kong based, but taking or bringing food to Hong Kong across the border has also affected the flow. So it has meant that the precarious situation of refugees and asylum seekers who receive a government monthly subsidy of $3,200, of which $1,200 is in food cards, so they're like vouchers for Mm, food, mm -hmm. which can only be used at one of the two big uh, well-known supermarket chains in Hong Kong. And uh, during the last few weeks, uh, some of those shelves have been too bare for them to do much about it because these vouchers are useless in any other uh, supermarket or um, food shop or wet markets or mm, anywhere, anywhere mm. else where you'd be able to buy. So um, it's been um, a case of NGOs coming to the rescue here, um, and they have um, there's a there's something called Refugee Union, which is an NGO, and its chairwoman Adela uh, Namagembe says that um, that she has people who are refugees and asylum seekers coming into their headquarters. Um, over the past few weeks to see whether there have been donations because kindly some people who have heard about this in Hong Kong have been donating either food stuff itself or funds for this organization to to buy food stuff to distribute among uh, refugees who are simply um, uh, I hope it is improving but have simply found bare shelves there was a in, in, within the article um, there was a there was there were some uh, people who were affected who were interviewed and uh, there was a man who was overheard um, in the supermarket telling 
his wife and friends um, that, um, that, that, that also prices have, have raised so much, you know, because of the lack of mm, stuff coming across the border. Is, there has been so, increase, yeah. Yeah, really, really sharply. And so he, he was complaining, uh, well, justly, given the, the uh, 1,200 he's got for the month, that 12 eggs were costing 85 Hong Kong dollars. <sighs> and uh, and there, there are other people that really couldn't afford baby milk, which is another crazy, very, um, you know, very, it's quite a highly priced uh, item at the best mm. of times. So that's, that's, that's even more. So the person who was mentioning that, who was called Arthur, which is not his real name for the article, arrived in Hong Kong in 2004 from East Africa and said that, uh, you know, so it's been over quite a few years. Mm-hmm. Um, I, that th- this has been the worst time since then. Um, so 18 years that he's managed to kind of struggle through to to be able to eat. That's really so if, yeah, um, the, 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 there's another organisation um, called um, Justice Centre Hong Kong, which also looks out for refugees. And Preston Chern, who's a senior advocacy officer there, was quoted in this story as saying that, um, well, the same thing that I've just mentioned about panic buying affecting refugees because they don't have other places they can spend these vouchers at. Um, and um, that it's a shame to see that, um, that, that lots of people have been stockpiling when it uh, turned out to be uh, not so necessary. But, um, but you know, that's just uh, the, the way it's been. If listeners want to find out more about how they can either donate or just read a more detailed account of what I've been talking about, they can go to Refugee Union Hong Kong's website, which is, all one word, refugeeunion.org. So I just thought I'd mention that. It's a bit different from the... Uh, from the exciting new uh, bookshop possibilities. But no, but go, it's a uh, reality on it, our doorstep. It's good to be yeah. able to try and help at least, you know, if, we, if everyone can do a little bit, it should yeah. make a difference, that's right. So. I think so, yeah, definitely, definitely. And staying in Hong Kong, something with a Ukraine war connection. I did mention a couple of things mm-hmm. about the Ukraine yes. last week, um, uh, but um, it, it's got a Hong Kong connection. Um, it's second generation of a family that run a restaurant in Hong Kong in Central, um, who have found. Um, they, 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 I mean, they've been they've been in business for 21 years, uh, serving a Ukrainian menu, and they've been inundated by uh, by good wishes and donations oh. to um, to to um, a, a, to charitable uh, funds, which they are passing on to Ukrainian. Uh, people in need, yeah. That's Ivan the Cossack, the Cossack which is in Central. And um, a member of the family that uh, is second generation, her name is Victoria uh, Tachuk. She has said that she's been really, her and her parents, who founded it 21 years ago, have been really surprised at how people have been, um, you know, just uh, wanting to uh, to come in and uh, and donate to the to the cause. It's by word of mouth because I think they've been having regular customers as you do when you've been in business mm-hmm. for 21 years. Mm-hmm. Apart from anything else, let's applaud the fact that it's not the only one by any means. But hearing that restaurants are still around after a couple of yeah, decades absolutely. is always good news, isn't it? And given yeah. the current environment at the moment exactly. in Hong Kong, that people are still thinking apart from Hong Kong, they're looking at outside mm. as to other people's distress too so that's a big thing definitely mm. definitely mm. so the so the uh the, yeah the, the the family who originally came from uh kiev um were um were 
basically uh, in touch with a couple of different organisations which for which are helping people across the country, not just in the capital uh, where where they're from. And uh, there were there were some stories um, uh, online about this family, and there were notes of good wishes that they're stuck on the wall for um, you know for people with hopeful wishes oh, that things nice. over there are resolved soon. Um, yeah, that's really all I have for you today, okay, um, okay. Sadia. That's three. great. Well, um, I think yeah, I very think different mixed bag. Yeah, I think the cafes sound great, and uh, I do hope that you know that's just a a thing that people might think about doing, yeah. as you said, you know, after the pandemic, if things do calm down, yeah. then it would be really nice to have more community projects like that. But brilliant! Thank you very much, Andrew. It would be. I look Thanks forward to much, talking Enjoy to you that. on Thursday again. In, indeed. Have a okay, good afternoon. Then. Take bye. care. See you then. Bye-bye.